Welcome to the Shine Shine Geek the Shine Geek and Fast Fret podcast. Done. Well done. Okay, we're gonna use that. Yeah, does he has he ever been in broadcasting? <laughs> That's funny. So what's going on with um so the the Aerosmith podcast is done? Oh, is that Corey's Aerosmith? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm like, I don't know what happened there. I wonder because I'm sure they had plenty of songs to go. Well, they weren't right? hitting every song, they're just picking the perfect songs for a, a mix. Oh, so they weren't doing like the VH because I had I subscribed but i don't listen to all of the episodes i could do that no. i yeah. was on i was on one too actually for which song uh train kept a rolling oh cool yeah yeah but uh i i don't know i think Corey's burning out with too many podcasts man <laughs> i i just was saying that the other day this is telling my mom yes as was actually last night i'm like i don't know how some of these guys do it like they're doing like three podcasts full-time job Mm-hmm. wife and kids i mean it's like holy shit and then Corey's like was talking about how he's getting himself back in shape so that's oh yeah taking time out of each day i mean it's like what at what point do you crowbar in a few hours of sleep yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> well i see that's what we do different on this show is like we have like i've got the metal shop and i've got uh the stuff with karen that, that we do and then there's Corey shows up every once in a while like not Corey more set but the other Corey. and it's like but we still just released an episode a week so it's just rotates amongst you know so it, I, I think it'd be cool if Corey did something like he he wants to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that but do that but just do it call it the Corey Morissette podcast yeah as long as it yeah and as long as it's it's fun you know you want it to because for me sometimes it gets to that where now with the booked on rock I I'm getting more requests for interviews than I can handle Oh yeah. I mean, I could do, I could do one, I could do two tops in a week. I've done three and it was like, I, you know, full-time job, the VHND, which is almost daily. Um, how many hours, how many hours a week is VHND? Uh, probably let's see. I mean, I, I, every, um, every, pretty much every night when I get back from work, I'm looking for something and I'll put something up. Sometimes they're just quick little articles but you still have to find the photo that that fits size and space wise. That's yep. also copyright. You know what I mean? So Niels Lozauer lets us use his photos. Thank God. Because then you don't, it's like, what am I going to use for a photo? Mm-hmm. So then you have that. And then you got to get the headline. And, and I know Jeff likes to have headlines and I, and I agree. And it's even, I read an article on it. You want to try to get headlines between five and 10 characters. And then you want the headline to not be too misleading. You're trying to be fair. You know, all that oh, yeah. stuff. It's not oh, like yeah. you're just you slapping it up. You can't uh, clickbait your thing. Yeah. So it's not like you're just like, slap it together and throw it up. Then you're looking for grammatical stuff and spell. So I would say probably 30 to 60 minutes per day, maybe, you know, like on an average. So for the week, uh, and sometimes more because it depends on the article, but so probably 30 to 60 minutes per day times five, you know, it's like good five, six hours a week, at least a whole other podcast right there. And, and then, yeah. And then the podcast, reading the book, setting up the questions, which I do primarily on the weekends, if I can, then doing the interview, then editing the interview. Then, as you know, like the episode cover art, Yep. What to put in the show notes. Um, and then I do all the little shorts for, for TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, uh, you know, just to give it more promotion, oh which, which yeah. it's a huge help. Like when I started doing videos and I put them up on YouTube mm-hmm. and, and then I did, I, I use a, a website called Veed, V E E D to produce the videos. And um, I can't remember what I pay per month for. It's like a yearly fee. So then I, I put all those up on all the socials. So it's TikTok, Instagram, X, Facebook, YouTube. So that takes time. It all pays off for sure. 
and yeah the next thing you know you're like how much time do i have left you know then you try to like keep, and i don't you know i i don't I'm, I'm not married i don't have kids you know not that i know of uh no hey, eric do you want to go out on saturday uh, night <laughs> so yeah i mean it's funny i could have i had that moment in life where i, I could have gotten married and, and I, it just fell apart and then after that i just kind of devoted my time towards um my dad who is really struggling and 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 my mom who's doing great but my parents and then and then um i went back to radio part-time because i loved it and then the podcast and vhmd but i just kind of like focused all of that on, on those avenues and um good or bad right or wrong <laughs> you know like my therapist is like you know i don't know i think you should have like you know you should go out more i'm like well all my friends are fucking married and they're, they're, they're doing their sh really. I mean, they're all yeah. moved on. So, you know, you, you guys talking to you guys is great. And my friend, Mike, I was best man at his wedding. We've been best friends since college. You know, he's, he's married and he, he the woman he married has, has a 14 year old daughter. And, and then my, my other friend Chuck moved to Florida. So, you know, it's just life. So I just devoted all my time into this stuff. So, but you know, you never know what can happen. Life can just change like that. Oh yeah, you, but, you but th just bottom line is thankfully I do have that extra time because like you guys know as parents and everything it's like it's like then then you're you got that's your priority and then you yeah. got to see okay do I have time to do this do I, you know yeah well that's yeah that's what I just had a, a major change so I'm my uh, I'm back in the office again so that just flipped everything on its on its ass end so. That means there's nobody to pick up the kids after school anymore. So we had to, so I changed my shift from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. But that means recording, you know, recording a podcast at nine o'clock at night ain't going to happen. Do you ever, you feel overwhelmed? I think everybody does. Oh, yeah. At times, super, right? Super like overwhelmed. When I was right. working from home, it was like, you know what? I can always, I can always get shit figured out. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm at the office all day and I, I have a new, uh, a position where I'm a supervisor of like seven people. And I, and it's like, it's really stressful job, you know, in you're fact, not at the radio already, station though, right? No, no, it's just a, it's, I work for the, the judicial branch here in Connecticut. So it's like a real nine to five yep. job. It's, you know, we deal with jury duty in Connecticut and all that stuff. So I have, you know, and even there's just two issues I got to deal with Monday morning with people coming to me with, you know, can I have, can I have time off? Can I have a vacation? Well, I don't know. Can I move to that office? I'm not happy in this office. I don't like people. I don't like sitting facing every, uh, my back to everybody. I don't like it. I need to move. <laughs> okay. We'll deal with it on Monday. Yep. You know, that's the stuff I'm dealing with. So yeah, you, you wish that. And there are times when I see like uh, Van Halen's something come up Van Halen related during the day. And I'm like, fuck, man, I wish I was home. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but the good thing about state jobs is that we do have, we do have some extra days off that others don't like, like in February, we have like president's day, like oh, there's a okay. February 12 and 19 or two Mondays yeah, I have Mondays off. Up. So those are the days I usually will try to schedule interviews. Like I had, you know, Martin Luther King day. I, uh, I had two that day. I had at, at noon, an interview with Michael Gray, who who's a friggin' brilliant uh, Bob Dylan historian, and he wrote a book way back in oh, seventy two. Is that the one you just released? Yes, and it's got a fiftieth anniversary edition, and and he's in London, so it's like noon for me is five p.m. for him. So yeah. you tr you know it's harder for them for me for me to do it normally at six thirty p.m. when I get out of work. It's eleven thirty where he yeah. is, right. So I and Martin Popoff Martin Popoff's another that he. He's only available during weekdays. So I usually will try to get him to schedule. We could schedule something for like a, a weekday that I have off. So, you know, and then, and so I had a 12 PM with Michael Gray. And then at 6 30, I interviewed my friend, Greg Prado, the author of Greg Prado. Yep, yep. And, we, and I did that one. I just put that one up. So I, I try to utilize those days, but uh, yeah, it's the scheduling is crazy. You know, it's like, I don't have, I don't have it. I book the interviews. I schedule, I do it, everything. just me. And I've been, I've been offered to go on these uh, networks that could help with that. But my concern is they might get me even more interview possibilities that I, even more than I can handle, you know, like, I, but, but here's but, the thing. So here's, here's the rule that I have on our show. Like when, cause we're not an interview show, but we obviously do a ton. 
and I don't even consider this. I, and I, I should I should clarify. We don't do interviews. We have conversations because <laughs> right. we don't interview anybody. We don't prep questions. We just, just BSing. Just BSing. But yeah. there's like we do. I have a long list of people that do want to come on the show. <laughs> Look at that cat. <laughs> oh, where's the cat? Hey. Barely see him. <laughs> hey buddy. Uh, I'm I'm, a, I'm one of the rarities. I'm a guy who loves cats. Forget they they crack me up, man. I had one Aussie. <laughs> nice. One minute, best friend. Next minute, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> so so a, a, a music music named cat. I had Samadeus. Was yeah. You you're right. You called Aussie. No, you know what? It was that named after not after Ozzy Osbourne. F oddly enough, it was my dad was a Cardinals St. Louis Cardinals fan. It was oh Ozzy O Z Z I E. Yeah, and I and I didn't even realize it was a girl, so I named this poor girl uh, a man's name. <laughs> she, she never got mad at me for that. She was okay with that. I love the Cardinals. That was uh, <laughs> it was the Cardinals and the Oz. Excellent. Those were my the, two teams. The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Sorry, but you were saying yeah, um, it's just a BS type of show. Well, yeah, no, what? I, yeah, <laughs> definitely BS. But but one thing that we were doing is like you know what we're not, and I'm wondering if you do the same thing. Is I don't. If there's someone that wants to be on the show and I haven't read their product, listened to their product, looked at their product, if it's art or whatever, I don't have them on the show if I don't want them on the show. Like it, like if if I've read the book and I put it down halfway through and I'm like, I'm not going to make it through. I'm not going to like I'm not enjoying this. Right. Or uh, a band wants to come on and and they sound like Beyonce or some shit like that. I would never have them on, you know, like there's just. I only have on who I want on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that is usually the case. I think I, I benefit from the fact that I always just, I feel like everybody has an interesting story to tell. So I, that my, that's my approach. So I have like publicists that'll come to me and I'll be at first like, mm, I don't know, you know, and, and some of them are, aren't even, they don't have a book out. So I'm like, mm, that's where I started that dialogue series, which is kind of like what you do yeah. just BS right? But but I, I did the dialogue series to get more uh, people in so they don't necessarily have to have a book out, but I'll always insert a segment of the conversation on books on rock and I'll say, hey, yeah, yeah. You know, what are your favorite books, right? Maybe this person has an album that's coming out. Like I have a guy, a musician coming on soon, and he is a musician and an attorney, oh. a privacy rights attorney, right? So the publicist, really nice guy. He, he's he set me up with the interview with the two guys who who wrote the songs to um, Dirty Dancing. Okay. So he set that up, and I said, uh, you know, do they have a book out? No. Okay, that's cool. But still, I'll ask him about the songs that they wrote, their careers. But then let's talk music books, and it works out. But point being is like, there's always is for me anyway. I feel like I could find something interesting in, in every guest, but this this kind of goes to to what i was going to say regarding like your format every now and then somebody will say well what you know what do you think is a, a good podcast format what should i do this that. i said there's no right or wrong it doesn't matter there's a, they're all great yeah. the laid back bs ones the the super produced ones the the q a ones the whatever there it's all good there, there's really not i mean there's it's not like you know you're not working they're not you're not working for a corporation. You don't have to have massive numbers. You you can have your own niche audience and yep. that's cool. You don't necessarily yeah, have to do, I mean, if you want to do that, you could do true crime and <laughs> yeah, just, okay. Yeah. You know, podcast is going to be super popular. True crime done. True crime. Right. But, yeah. but are you interested in true crime enough to do it? You know what I mean? So you got to do what you like, like it was, uh, Oh yeah. Darren Paltrowitz who wrote the book on Roth. Yeah, I haven't, uh, Todd, you know, wait, you got to tell Todd about this. I don't even know if Todd yeah. wrote this book. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. My friend Darren Paltritz, uh just put out a book on David Lee Roth and we're selling it at the Van Halen store. You can get it there. And I, I did a long interview with Darren. It's on YouTube. It's on VHND if you want to check it out. Darren's awesome. He's just a great guy. Private investigator. It's his full-time job. He's a PI. Ah, uh, so that's, that's where he got stuff. Right. He, he knows how to look for stuff. Yeah. So we were talking the other day because he he was um, and we can talk about this, but he and uh, his co-host on the DLR cast, Steve Roth, were 
who Steve Roth, by the way, is in the publishing business. So Steve hooks me up with all kinds of great interviews. Uh, okay. But anyway, so they're they're talking about Dave. If you haven't heard it yet, Dave took a shot at Sammy, saying Sammy was uh, sex probed by aliens. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then he followed with uh, a, a lot of personal stuff about Eddie. And um, Darren and Steve were not cool with that. And at the end of the episode, they're like, God, I wonder what Eric's going to do at VHND. Does he put it up? Does he not? And I was like, they read my fucking mind. So I called Darren. I'm like, dude, yeah, exactly. You know, like, I'm like, how do I approach this? But, you know, we were laughing about that. We can get into that more. But anyway, towards the end of our, our conversation, I, st- I was telling him about my radio days. And he's like, you've got to do a podcast on former radio people, like all the bullshit you had to deal with. And I'm like, yeah, he goes, I'd listen to that every episode, get people that used to work in the business program directors. I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. You know, that'd be good. You know, what would be good. <laughs> a lot of great ideas are, are um, you're familiar with the office, right? The show, the office. Yes. Yes. You that's could do I, uh, the office about, you know, being in radio. That's what, yeah. And that'd be awesome. I, I, my point to him was like, you know, it, it was along the lines of making sure when you're still enjoying doing the podcast, like have fun with it. Because I found doing radio, I, I lived and breathed radio. Like it was like the end all be all. Like I, I just, it was the ultimate dream to be an FM rock DJ. And I became it and it was awesome for the first few years. But then as years go on, they suck the fun out of it because it is, it is a job. There are meetings, there are restrictions, or you're being told what to do. You got to have an air check every week where somebody's listening to your show and picking it apart. And you can't say this, you can't say that. Don't do my dad, my mom. Still do, they have story a question, back. do they have something where they, you have to talk about this at least once an hour, like in terms of oh, the advertisers on the station. Yes. I need Yo, you to well, bring that, up yeah. something random about, or whatever no they 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 have scheduled breaks uh so they would have like at least you know it it depends on the station like i've been at stations where there's only two breaks per hour 25 after and 55 after that's that's like part-timers you know low low end of the of the ladder but like i had doing the night show i was uh i had maybe one two three maybe like six seven eight breaks per hour and like two of them would be 30 to 60 seconds max. The others would be maybe 15 to 30 uh, setting up a song. But it was the ones, the two big ones, they, you'd have a, a liner. It would have it scheduled on the screen. Um, promote upcoming Miller Lite promotion. Okay, so you flip through the book. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Right, you flip through the book. Hey, Friday night. We got uh, we got our DJ there, Crazy Larry is going to be down at the Miller Lite uh, Festival, and uh, boy, they got three seventy five Bud Lights. Oh, you know, you got all, all, all the wings that you go on. And listen, yeah, and you get a free koozie when you go. You know, oh fuck, God, you know, and then so you'd have to get through all that, and then I'd try to have my little fun after reading that. I'd be like, coming up next, we got a band who. Chevy Chase was their drummer at one time. That's next. Boom. You know, and then they go yep. into Steely Dan and then come out of Steely Dan and say, Chevy Chase was a drummer for uh, the guys in Steely Dan before they were Steely Dan at Bard College. You know, th- those are the things that I try to, but like it was all, you know, money, money, money. Yeah. You know, and and uh, I mean, we, we used to laugh too because it'd be like, we literally had one at one time, we had the, uh, the Budweiser concert report sponsored by miller or something <laughs> can you squeeze in any more fucking you know but it was to them it was like yeah but they're paying us you know oh, they're paying and us. and then people would be like dude can you can you not play so many commercials and and i and i would just be like i know what you i, I hear you man but they pay the bills they don't yeah, pay right. my they don't they don't up my paycheck <laughs> no no as i was making like twenty seven thousand dollars a year fucking you know full time and our health plan was like a coupon Fifteen percent off, you know. So that for real, fifteen percent off. It, it was close. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Eric, look at my shirt. What does it say? Play Splat and Bone, and it's uh, Sammy Hagar. Oh! <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. It's funny. Uh, uh, RGM or Arjum, uh, the Manitoba Money Shot podcast, which you should listen to sometime, Eric. It's it's yeah entertaining he he highlights manitoba manitoba gold as he says and uh 
he he just bought he just uh, moved in with his uh, long term girlfriend and he he has his studio set up in the basement, but it's right by the washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> so often go off. You can well you you hear go. But it it adds to it. I mean, it but, does. I mean, but I have a mute button, so you can always had, hit mute. He has a great freaking setup, right? Like it, really good audio. But he always has he always has sound effects in the background. Like sometimes he was taking a break from his corporate from from the corporation, as he would say, and he's on a park bench with his recorder recording, and you can hear the birds, you can hear the traffic, and then yes. one time there was one guy going. Give me some fucking money, man. <laughs> if I could get a job, I'd get a fucking job. That's oh, well, there's that's a, that. that's a great podcast, just recording. But he but I think sometimes he purposely puts background noise in to keep think he, the, the aesthetic. Because okay. that's what he that's what he does, right? Okay, or to block the washing machine. No, no <laughs> joke. Right? I mean, some people have music. Like I've but, listened but, to podcasts where it's just all music underneath, and you're like, "Yeah, there's something but up it there." If it sounded clear, I wouldn't like his show. Ah, <laughs> oh, here we go. It's like that's like Cheech and Chong. Hey, uh, road nice. on the street, uh, <laughs> talking to the people. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I have the mute button here, oh, so yeah. you may notice sometimes if I'm coughing or taking a deep breath, you won't yeah. hear it because I just I have the mute button in my left hand, and I do it all the time for interviews. Yeah, we both. So, but those Zoom uh, pod, uh, what are they called? Podcast, podcaster? No, pod tracks. Sorry. What's pod that? Track. It's um, the Zoom pod track. So everything comes out of there. So right now, right. So I, so I've got to think. I press the button. It, it mutes it out too. So it's, that's which, perfect. Yeah, cool. the mixer I have here has that. Yeah, I, I had to learn little tricks and trades because I we were just talking about the, he's got the Zoom caster. Is that what it's called? John's got one too. It's the pod track. Pod track. Zoom. So, pod. yeah, and it's got the mute button. Because here, you know, I'll have sometimes, uh, especially in the summertime, cars whizzing by, fire trucks, whatever. So, you know, when the guest is talking, I just hit mute and you would never know. Yeah. You know, there's only one moment every now and then, like the most recent episode I did with Greg Prado, where I'm talking and you hear a car go by. It's minor. But other than that, you can always hit the mute button. Yeah, this thing's great. It's um, it works as a mobile recorder, works as a interface. Yeah, and you could play space. sound effects. Yeah, there's four. Well, there's four sound effects you can put in, which I wish it was more. But I I do all my sound effects in in post anyway. Mm. Say, you know, I knew I should have made a left turn at Albuquerque. It's an attachment to this thing you can put in, and it attaches to your phone. So a, a lot of times, like if I'm doing a live show. We're not live, but like an in-person and I want to play a song or whatever. I just, on my phone, I just, you know, put the song on hit play and it, and it, it goes through my fourth channel. Well, like but you played songs when we did fair warning, you were playing it straight off the computer, I think. Yes, I was. Yeah. And, and I was able to hear it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, pot of thunder, I think plays their sound effects live. Yes. Sounds they, like, yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. They, the way, I don't know, uh, they might have a roadcaster or something. I'm not sure. Because with the right. roadcaster, you can have like, I don't know, 18 presets or something. By the way, I had a Chris L. subscribe to might have been my YouTube or something. That's got to be Chris from yeah. Out of Chris Thunder. L. Well, we won't say his last name. He tries to keep his last name private, but. Yeah, that was cool. So, yeah. So what do you guys want to talk about? I mean, there's well, a I lot want... of stuff going on in the Van Halen world. It's surprisingly, I, want... I just never thought, you know, after Ed Pass, it'd be still so much to discuss <laughs> so crazy. i want to talk about this upcoming tour this sammy uh satch i don't even know who's who's the oh uh john paul or john paul jones <laughs> jason bonham jason bonham tour yeah because there's been a lot of news that came up like the, the, there's more news like almost every week on this thing and i wanted to get your opinion ask away on the tour whether it's like todd you, you know about this tour right I've I've heard about it, and there was some some rumblings of of uh, David Lee joining in with Sammy, but then I think that I don't know if that all fell apart, or if that's still a thing or not, or if he's just going to say, you know what, I I can't stand the guy, let's just do it. What's this? You know? 
you're in the ballpark. It was never even an official thing. It was just Sammy saying off the cuff on Howard Stern in November to promote the tour. Tickets just went on sales or they're on to plug that. And Howard says, you know, who else is going to be part of the tour? You can ask any of the guys, Alex, blah, 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 blah. And Sammy's like, everybody's welcome. Alex is welcome. Dave is welcome. And Howard's like, Dave's welcome. He's, everybody's welcome. And he just like kind of threw it out there. And sure. he never said Gary's welcome, though. He, I think he, you know what? We should go back and listen because I think he Maybe. did. If it's not there, he did in another one. I mean, because he's cool with Gary and, I, and he, if he didn't say it, I know he'd be more than happy to have Gary oh, jump God, up yeah. on stage. They, they, they love him. And why don't I just have Nuno show up? Right, right. Like, honestly, like, can you imagine? Did, did, uh, Nuno's done G3 with Satriani before. So, I mean, yeah. they know each other. Yeah. So, but then Roth called his bluff. And Roth reached out to us and asked us to post a quick statement. Yes, they asked you. We yeah. could, yeah, we could. Uh, it's very brief. It was just like something like, I'm ready, let's go. But he, and, called, uh, the, he called the news desk himself? He did send uh, his, well, his his manager, okay. she reached out to um, to our publicist, Jeff. And Jeff called me, and I'm driving home from work, and I'm stuck in traffic. He's like, when are you getting home? I said, I don't know, you know, maybe 6.30 or so. So we're, like, formulating the whole headline, the article, and everything while I'm stuck in traffic. And then when I got home, I didn't take my jacket off. I just, like, boom, just put it up. So, it, it, But I got to find it. It's, it is in here somewhere. I, I think literally I'm it's just, here, I'm ready, just... let's go. I, I love Satriani. I have seen him play. I don't know. Have you ever seen Satriani play live? Yes. With chicken foot. I love Satch. I love searching with surfing with the alien. I love yeah. uh, the extremists. I mean, I, yeah, I, I saw, I saw him on the flying in a blue dream tour. Love flying. That's my favorite one. Yeah. That's where he's that's getting my favorite on it. Yeah. And I saw him on that and that was, and I, and I brought this up with Kevin Brown before too, cause he's a huge Satriani fan and we talked about it. We were in the audience and then, um, uh, the song he wrote for his uh, for his dad was playing uh, "Always with You, Always with Me." I think it's called. Oh man! And he started playing it live, and and it's like back that's then, back then. Saturday, it's like it's it's a bunch of dudes in the audience, like a bunch, you know, a bunch right. of people. Not a lot of not a lot of ladies there, and you know, and there was guys in leather jackets, and and there was uh, bike gangs there and stuff to to see very, Danny. Very emotional song, and then he starts playing that song, and I'm looking. And all these big, tough dudes are all bawling. I've never seen so many people crying at one time. Wow. And But the, the whole crowd was crying over it. Just And it's like, there isn't a single word being sung here. No. but That's off of they, Surfing with the Alien. And that's that's the one that starts with like almost like a sprinkler sound. Yeah, yeah. But when that song came on, man, it was like, I've never seen... I've never seen that reaction before or since. Like, that's my number one concert of all time being there. Cause I was crying and I'm like, I don't know why I can't stop. Like, it was just, it was beautiful. Mm. But it was a bunch that's... of dudes in leather jackets and biker jackets and, you know, you know, these big tough guys that would, you know, kill people possibly, you know, some yeah. of the gangs, right? Really? I mean, that, but that's what they talk about the concert experience. It's different than anything else. And I don't, I haven't seen any other performer elicit that kind of emotion from a crowd ever ever and it was for the entire like it was i don't know it might have been six minutes because it was extended when we saw it and i was like i've never seen anything i don't i i i challenge anybody to to elicit that kind of reaction from an entire crowd for six for six straight minutes no, nobody can do it i don't care if you're taylor swift i don't care if you're uh pink or Ava Max or any, you know, all these, you know, definitely not Adam Levine from Maroon 5 because he couldn't elicit a uh a fart at a at a at a <laughs> at a at a pork meal or I don't know or at a pork and bean <laughs> meal, you know. I interviewed the guy who produced their first album when they were like high school kids. They were called something else. He's one of the dirty dancing songwriters and and he's a lot of these guys, as you know, they they got they play so many different roles, wear so many different hats, and one of them was a producer, and he produced the 
I can't remember the name of the band pre Maroon Five, but but, the, so, but anyway, yeah. sorry. Let's go going to the to to the Joe Satriani thing. So right. Um, oh, what the, what the hell were we going to say? So they're inviting people. That so that's where you, that's where you left off. So they're inviting open invitation. Hey, if you want to come join us on this tour, no problem. So go on. Yeah. So here it is. I think we got. Yeah. Here's the quote from Sam. If Alex Van Halen wants to jump out, if David Lee Roth wants to come out and join us, come on, motherfuckers, you are welcome. This is about Van Halen. <laughs> then the following day, he was on Sirius XM's Trunk Nation from the and uh, publicly invited Roth to join. Quote, from the bottom of my heart, he would be so welcome. So <laughs> Roth sent us the quote, quite just real simple to the point. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. And so then... He's calling Sammy's bluff, basically. Yeah. And then Sammy's response to that was, uh, "Hell no, that's that's. I didn't mean a whole tour. I I meant he could jump out on stage. You know, th- this is the response. The next article. Um, so then Sammy's response, I think via social media. If Alex, oh wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, here it is. He on Instagram. Sammy answered. He can come out and sing a song on a show or two if he can remember the words. He's not invited on the tour. No fucking way. It was to sing a song with us somewhere like a lot of singers, guitarists, etc. are going to do on this tour. I know better than to have him on tour again. Been there, done that. End quote. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Now, if Alex wanted to play... And Alex said, yeah, I want to do 10 dates. Now, how would that play out? Oh, he'd be 10 dates and I'm not doing a song. Oh, he, I want to I, do 10 that, shows. Sammy would say, absolutely. Yeah, I think so, too. Absolutely. I, I think, think Jason Bond would because, say, yes, sir. Yes. yes. Sir. Because I think Sammy, number one, it would be great for him because he he he's that means he's mended fences with Alex because Alex will not talk to him, presumably because of the book that Sammy wrote. Alex has not talked to him since. Sammy has tried to contact him a handful of times. No response. Text. Wasn't he saying like once he would send him a text once a month or something? I think he was saying something. No response. So what was the rift? Like what was the, what did he say? Well, in in the book, there's some stuff that, and and we should get into stuff that's now similar to what Dave is now saying. He said a lot of stuff about Eddie and Alex. Yes, and this is what and this is what Dave is now doing in his podcast, which we need to get to because that takes us up to to date. But in that book, it's talking about Eddie in like the throes of his addictions and revealing how bad things were, you know, how bad he looked, how bad he he acted, the the terrible things he said, the terrible things he did. Um. Yeah, it, way it was too personal. That things not. that were, yeah, they were, they were, it, it, it's just kind of like, um, it, it, it's like in, in, in the journalism world, it's, it's off the record or on the record. If it's off the record, you don't print it. And these are things that were really off the record. These were oh, things yeah. that it wasn't like, uh, you know, the, this, this was anything that Eddie had talked about. Never this and Alex talked about this was personal shit. But Sammy was, was pissed still because he felt he got, screwed by the brothers so i think this is his way of 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 giving it back to them it was also the understanding that if you want to sell copies of your book you got to have this stuff in there so he did he made his bed he's got to sleep lie in it now i mean some people you know keith richards took shots at mick in his book and mick and keith are fine it, it depends on who it is yeah but you know, I, Alex has never come out and said, "quote unquote, fuck him." It's because of the book. It's just that's the that's the assumption, but we we don't know. Alex doesn't go on record and doesn't talk. The one he's, thing that was that was inter- interesting though, like during the fifty one fifty time, like there was lots of interviews, there was lots of um, backstage stuff. Like there was a lot. Like camera people were following them around quite a bit, so you get to see Eddie uh eddie and sam you get to see eddie uh no you get to see uh sam and mike but i don't recall ever seeing sam and alex just hanging Mm -hmm. out goofing around everything kind of always revolved around eddie 
or Mike with Sam. I, I feel, I mean, I could be totally off base here, but it felt like those were the friendships he had in the band and out like, and I don't think he disrespected Alex, but I don't think they got along in the same, like, I don't see, like, I don't see in, in, in a jam Sam going, Hey, Alex, dude, why don't you do da, 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 da. And then them going off of each other. It's always at Eddie right. and Alex going off of each other or Sam and uh, Eddie going off of each other in, in a, in a, in a jam or whatever. I don't think I honestly, like I've never seen in all, and I've seen tons of footage, maybe not as much as you, but I've seen tons of footage and I never see Sammy and Alex talking together unless Eddie was there. Yeah, you're right. So I don't think I they ever think had a good friendship. Either. Well, you know, maybe you or not remember too. Anyway. Yeah, not close. I mean, I don't think they were enemies or anything like that, but uh, you got to remember too. I mean, I'm sure it was, it was a, it was an Ed and Al final decision to bring Sammy in, but it was really Eddie who, Eddie who, who decided, decided really because he's the one who met up with Sammy through their mechanic. That's right. So the story goes some, some claim Ted Templeman helped to do it, but there's nothing to substantiate that. Uh, so, you know, and then we hear that, that Dave and Al talk on a daily basis and they're buds to this day. Is that true? Dave and Al? Dave says. Oh, Dave so, says, okay. There's a picture that we ran on VHND of the two guys hanging. You know, there are no seven days, you know, hanging out. Um, did Alex just say, okay. And, uh, and, 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 and but the thing is, I, I truly believe Alex was from a, from a music standpoint, satisfied with what sammy brought to the band there's no oh no no you know, you know i agree i agree but 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 i think maybe i don't know it was Who more knows? of a professional uh, I, li I like sammy's voice but it was yeah. more professional but i don't think yeah maybe maybe him and sam didn't hang out uh maybe they did you know it, it's all speculation because you know we can only go on what we've known and seen and a lot of those videos you keep in mind too of all the videos that we saw those were set up ahead of time by the by the record label, oh, yeah. the management, you know, so it was all, and, and, and I, I bought into it and I still believe it, that they were all best of friends up until you get to the Cabo Wabo. Uh, yeah, that was the first Cabo thing. Wabo they, opens and they uh, felt, they felt Sammy purposely cause it, it was bombing. And so the Ed and Al sold their portions to Sammy. And soon after the, the thing takes off and they're like, Oh, wait, 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 wait. I didn't know that. So they actually yeah. all were in on it together. Originally. They were all in. A, that's why, you know, when they, the, on MTV, they did that whole thing to open the cl club and they had played a show there and they're all hanging and it's on, it's on MT, it's on YouTube. And, but then at some point it, it was losing money. And so, I don't know if Sammy went to them or they went to him, but it was just basically like Sammy's like, I'll buy you guys out. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll take care of it. Yeah. And then right after that, it takes off. So then they start getting this conspiracy thought, like, what's up? You made you it do push it when we were like, together? Yeah, it's like, you're pushing it's, it like crazy? Yeah, it's like, did Sammy, like, you know, get together with some people and say, hey, you know, all right, let's, yeah, they're out of it. Let's Now let's work on I mean, I can't, I don't see that. No, I think, but, but that, off. but that's, I think that was part thing. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you remember in 04, when Sammy came back, there was the story of like, Sammy had the Cabo Wabo tattoo and Ed would go up to him before every show. Cause Sammy would have it rolled up so he could, everybody could see it. <laughs> and, and Sammy would go, or an Eddie would yank it down. Like, fuck you. Yeah. And, and, and so, so Sammy then decided to get a tattoo lower on the arm or whatever, <laughs> you know, just, it got pretty ugly and I think that was part of it, but the, the, the dynamics changed when Ed Leffler died, their manager yes. and they brought in Ray Daniels. Yeah. Who you, which you was guys a know guy. from rush, Sammy guy. He, yeah. he managed Sammy and he managed rush. So he, he came in and Sammy's view of it was 
that Ed Leffler could keep the peace between him, Ed, and Al if there were any differences. If somebody said something, Leffler would make sure it didn't get to the other guy, so things just, the peace was kept. And once he died, that all turned to shit. But if he was, you could also look at it as like, if oh, he was- wait, wait, how, far, how far back did Leffler go? Was it Dave Days or no? Uh, no, no, because that was Noel Monk was the manager. Oh, Noel Monk. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and then during the Sammy years, Leffler. Because because all there was a lot of business changes when they when all that went down, which oh, put yeah. Ted Templeman in a weird spot because he's producing Eat Him and Smile and he's supposed to produce Fifty One Fifty and Eddie was basically like, and Templeman went to Eddie and said, "Sorry guys, I'm with Dave." Ed's response was, "Well, fine, that's fine with us. We didn't want you anyway." That's what he yeah. said. Yeah, on record. Yeah, but um. But if you look at it, you could look at it in another way. If he was, if he was Sammy's manager from from back in the day, he may have taken Sammy's side more. Sure. And so Sammy's not, that, but that, but Sammy's a, looking at really it as like weird, he kept the peace. But that's a really weird. It was more. It was more in. of like Sammy was getting his way more. Yeah. Because Leffler, I, maybe. But once I, he once he passed, they should have. Yeah, Ray Daniels was related to Alex's wife. I think that's how he came into the picture. But what's interesting is Ray Daniels had like a, a spotless uh, track record, you know, and he never had any issues that we know of. And then now he's the enemy and he was blamed for that whole dissolution there. He was the one who was supposedly putting in, in Eddie's ear, Hey, you know, this run with Sammy is over. You got, you should get Dave in. And he's, you know, then they wanted to do the best of, the best of volume one was because he to brokered have, that deal, right? With with I Dave think, think, at that time. Uh, well, the initial plan was to do the best of with Dave and Sammy, greatest hits, two new tracks with Sammy. Yeah. And Sammy said, "No fucking way," because I'm not going to be on an album that has Dave tracks on it. That and, that, and so at that point, Ray Daniels is like probably going to Ed, like this guy doesn't want to do it. We can't just sell a best of to these fans who already have these songs. Yeah. You got to give Van them something. Halen fans don't own the entire catalog. I mean, come yeah, on. The, the only reason I bought that is for me, wise magic and can't get the stuff no more. You know? Yeah. Right. Humans being was available, but it was on the Twister soundtrack. I bought the soundtrack to get the song, but, but even that was like a cool, it's on there. But Sammy says, no. So then Ray Daniels is like, well, Warners wants us to do this. So we're doing it what do we do you want do you want to get dave back you know that was that was basically how it went down and and i'm trying to remember um and then dave got wind of that i think you know maybe ray yeah, yeah. reached out to dave's people i don't know but dave's story was like i heard they were working on a best of and i reached out to eddie and I said ed look you know you know a lot of a lot of uh water under the bridge let's you know, let's make peace. Well, and, yeah, and, I read it from, from Roth's book, from his opinion on that. Right. Like he was saying a lot of stuff, like everything seemed copacetic. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was them against me again. And he, and it's well, from Dave's point of view, he was trying to be good about it. Like, okay, well, Ed's being a bit of an ass, but you know, this is for the fans. Like, let's, let's get this done. Let's record these songs, you know, let's, and, and they kept hinting, according to Dave that, you know, let's see how this goes and let's go on to the next thing, you know, with you right? sort of, but, right. but they were just, according to Dave, they weren't really communicating very well. It was, everything was like, you know, like around yeah, I mean, Dave. It put Eddie in a weird spot. Cause he's, he was not a confrontational person. He was, so I I think he was just trying to placate Dave. I mean, what, what are you going to say? We're just going to do these two songs and then see ya. We're going to get yeah. another singer. You think yeah. you think Dave would have been fine with that? Probably not. And they're, then they're left without Sammy and Dave to do two new tracks. It's like, okay, so maybe they're just like, let's see, we'll see what happens. You know, just to try to like, you know, maybe maybe the possibility was going through Eddie's head, but he. He was probably just saying to like, we'll see, we'll see. Let's just do these two. Songs. But I can see Ed's point. Like, okay, let's see how this goes. If right. it goes well, it's my band. Maybe Dave has changed. Maybe Dave, yeah. Like if Dave, yeah, if Dave's not Diamond Dave and he's actually, you know, Dave Roth and we can 
actually record with them again, you know, and how the recording process goes, then we can maybe look at, but like I can see him feeling the whole thing out. Sure. Because all three of those guys, Mike had an Al, as much as Dave drove them nuts and, and maybe Ed now drove Dave nuts. Michael doesn't drive anybody nuts, not intentionally. Mm-hmm. He, he would drive he would drive them nuts if he just wasn't going to say anything, which is which is the stories of like, come on, man, speak up. But yeah. other than that, Michael Anthony was just like you know Switzerland. He wasn't going to get involved. But um, having said all that, I think they all all three of those guys and Mike just all, no matter what, would just there was still a bond they had with Dave. They they were playing backyard parties together. They were hanging. They were they yeah. were. You know, they, they weren't buddies beyond that, but they lived with each other on the road playing the clubs and, and, you know, Dave was, Dave was loyal to those guys. He was, oh, yeah. he was promote that band. It was, but you know, then when things, when MTV comes along and Dave's ego starts to get bigger and bigger, then it became, you know, it became an issue, but, and, and then Alex's substance abuse became an issue and that was a problem and Eddie's oh, yeah. too. So. But they split ways. But, uh, you know, I think they were hoping maybe, hey, Dave's changed. But then MTV Awards came and here comes Diamond Dave. But that's what we want. We want Diamond Dave. Well, I want, he's, he's I, you know, that's for the band, right? That he's yeah. always been. Eddie's not a good spokesperson in terms of. He talks about showman. Guitar, I guess. I mean, well, I shouldn't say he's not a showman. He's a great performer on stage. He was, he was, yeah. as much as he wants to be remembered as a musician, which he was a brilliant musician. Don't forget, he had, he had some badass moves on stage. He wasn't oh, yeah. just standing there, you know, the scissor kicks, the, oh, the looks on his kick. face, I the poses, it. the way. I mean, he he was a performer. He, he you know, he, he may have been maybe uh, bashful about that or didn't want to, but he was he was a great, you know, you could he was mesmerizing to watch on stage. Oh, he was. So so he, you know he was a showman in that sense, but he wasn't like the the PR guy. He hated doing interviews. Yeah. So that's what you're going with. I was like, Dave yeah, would do yeah, that. That's exactly it. But they, they nobody you, could sell the unfortunately, product you need, than Dave. you need that in a band. You can't have, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, I, I think back on Pearl Jam, and they're like, oh, no, no, yeah, right. I'm meant for Pearl Jam, and um, um, we have no, oh, yeah, they had Bill Belichick as the lead right? singer, yeah, yeah, like, there's no, <laughs> nobody's yeah, talking. Uh, it's a great game out there today, Coach Belichick. What do you think? Uh, you just won the Super Bowl, it was great. I'm really happy with the. <laughs> fact that we won eight straight Super Bowls and we're really <laughs> proud of that. So yeah, I mean, training. But but Pearl Jam benefited from the time period they were in. That was like yep. the in thing to be that way. But because mm-hmm. I love I love Pearl Jam for the well, record. But, but I hear what you're saying. Dave was like the yeah, he was the PR guy. If they didn't have a PR guy, I don't know if they could have blown up as big as they did. They would have blown up, but I don't think they could have blown up as big as they did. Well yeah in the early if, days if Sammy was the singer like the like like Templeman wanted originally instead of Dave or thought about or thought about. Yeah. Like ultimately he still wanted Dave. He said, let's, we're going to stick cause this kid's got something special. He's the lyrics, the way, he, the way he sings, the characters, the character in his voice and his, and his enthusiasm that one out, he was thinking like, Oh shit, this is, this may not work. Cause he's, he's a lot, a lot of work here vocally, but you know, it'd be a lot easier to have would- Sammy here. But yeah, Van Halen would have been as big as Montrose. Right. Perhaps. And in the early days, Dave was the one who would go out there and put the, the posters up on the you know, yeah. telephone poles all over right. Sunset Strip, blah, blah, blah. But then there's that story of the Gene Simmons demo gets produced. Uh they bring it to they bring it to Casablanca and uh uh, they they say, uh, geez, I'm always drawing a blank on the Kiss Bogart. Uh, manager. Bogart. There was Neil Bogart. And there Bogart. Was... And boy, isn't that terrible? <laughs> Kiss, Kiss manager, Neil Bogart. But it was the other guy. Um, yeah, the other guy. Uh, Neil uh, Billacoin. Sorry, Billacoin. Thank you. So Billacoin was just like, guys, I like it, but mm, you know, I, I'm not liking the. I don't think he liked Dave's vocals. <clears throat> they could have been like dejected by that, but uh, and especially Dave because he, he number one. Day, uh, Eddie and Al didn't give up on Dave. Could have, they didn't keep that in mind. And Dave could have been like, "Forget it, that's not going to happen." But yeah, he, Dave, go, he, he takes that tape, goes to uh, Rodney Bingenheimer, a DJ in in LA. He knew him, 
And he says, Rodney, hey man, got a tape here. Guess what? You know how you know how big we're gonna become? We just had a demo produced by Gene Simmons. Left yep. all the other stuff out. Left uh, you know, yep. didn't think we were good enough. So that was the again, that was Dave, just the relentless promotion. Yep. Not going to give up until you know, and he wasn't, you know, really, he wasn't gonna give up until he got back with with Van Halen in the nineties and eventually two thousands. He wasn't gonna stop trying, you know. I think he I think he was hoping to get back in by the end of the eighties, you know. I was oh, I think yeah. that was hope at that point. I remember years ago that when they had the interview, and I think it's when they they broke up and were going with Sammy and uh, Ed had said, you know what? Dave was good at the mouth. Like if nothing else, he was good at the mouth. Like he's, yeah, I remember that. And, and I don't know if they, he meant just his singing or just his style <laughs> of, um, yeah. I mean, he could have been a car salesman. Like he just, yeah, yeah. he just got that, uh, that yeah. presence, I guess you want to call it. And he said, we made great music together. He said it and they yeah, did. For sure. That's my, the best for me, the 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 David Lee Roth era was my era. I mean, Sammy's great and all, and it's just a different. It, it, it's like any other band that switches, you know, one member. It just kind of it it goes into a little bit of a different direction than than the original. But I'm I'm just I'm still the. Uh, I mean, I, I I've heard him sing lately. Well, maybe not lately, but or, or I guess maybe the they had was it Jimmy Kimmel when they came out. Oh, you saw in the Sammy? No, with uh, with Dave. Oh, with Dave. Oh, yeah, they were on Kimmel. Yeah, they that was in twenty fifteen. Is that when he hit his nose? Bridget yeah, was, was bleeding. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was. I do have a question about Dave's tooth. What's the deal? Yeah, he, he, yeah, he was. He said he was just riding his bike, bicycle, not motorcycle. Like, and he took a flip over the front knocked the tooth out <laughs> and he and he went on rogan that's the other thing with dave like he's just fearless like that i mean some people think he's like crazy and all that i just think he just fearless. doesn't give a shit yeah. and i think he's i don't know maybe since got it fixed but i hope you enjoyed part one of the chat with eric come back next week for a lot more on dlr thank you for listening and we'll see you next week and bye have a good day Hey gang, Sean Geek here. And Fast Fret. And we have two storefronts. If you are a T Public fan, you can browse our inventory over at T Public, which is tpublic.com forward slash Sean Geek Podcast. Or redbubble.com slash people slash Sean Geek Podcast. You can get anything from either storefront from t shirts, stickers, phone cases accessories of all kinds we're talking masks notebooks mugs pillows totes tapestries oh my oh my <laughs> everything's there <laughs> just go to those addresses also check the show notes and help support the show thank you goodbye bye <laughs>